In this episode, I'm going to give my answers to the Ask Me Anything questions I posted on my Instagram post this week. So we have five questions asking about zone two cardio for Muay Thai, shortening recovery between hard rounds, how many rounds of sparring, and the deficits that I see in high-level Muay Thai athletes. So let's get into it. Fighters, welcome back to another episode of Heatrick Muay Thai Performance. Starting with the cardio questions. So first one, zone two running, the ins and outs for an ACMOI, how long or far per session, how many sessions a week, and also the benefits to our development. So zone two cardio, if you're not familiar with that, just to clarify exactly what that is, it's between 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. Um, for me, I'd actually take that up to about 75% of maximum heart rate at the top end. Um, that's still going to give you the development that I'm going to explain that gives you. So that's a rate of about sort of between three to five out of 10 on a rate of perceived effort. It's also a rate that you feel like you can hold a conversation while you're running. So it's, it's not particularly tough at all. It's a gentle run. So the benefits of that are that you're going to get faster recovery. You can recharge between combinations better, between rounds of fighting and training sessions themselves. What it does is it develops aerobic capacity. And that's the energy production side of things. It's your energy reservoir. So I like to use that analogy for fighters is that it's building up your reservoir of energy behind your dam. And whereas more intense methods build the, um, the aerobic power side, which is like the dam gates in that wall to let that energy out to supply it quick enough for the activities that you're doing. So what we want to make sure is that reservoir is big enough. And that's what this steady state stuff's going to do. If your reservoir is not that big and all you do is the power side of it, you're going to end up with big dam gates that open up and empty your reservoir really quick and you'll gas out that way. So you need that combination of the two and it starts by having that aerobic capacity foundation. And what it will mean is not only does that mean you can supply energy to the activities you're currently doing, but it also means you can just tolerate more intense training more often too. So that recovery between training sessions and training days goes up through the roof if you've got sufficient capacity and is terrible if you haven't got it. And this develops what's referred to as general conditioning. It's the energy production. It's training the heart muscle itself. It develops eccentric cardiac hypertrophy. So it's the left ventricle of your heart that stretches and gets bigger. So it, each pump will give you a bigger volume of oxygenated blood around the body. And that if you're training at about 75% of maximum heart rate, sort of 60 to 75%, that's the sweet spot to do that. If you're training more intensely than that, you're not going to stretch that ventricle and you won't get that benefit. And those sessions, at that sort of intensity, want to be between 30 to 60 minutes in one session and between one to three times per week. And that depends on the phase of training you're at and where your, your personal development is. So if your resting heart rate is below 60 beats per minute, then those kind of zone two cardio runs aren't going to give you anything to build a bigger reservoir. Your reservoir is already pretty good and more intense methods are probably better for you. But for someone with a good aerobic capacity already, that then serves as a recovery run, as active recovery to get fresh oxygenated blood around the body. And that's that's what you'll see a lot of the fighters in Thailand are, are actually using this for. And I've got a link to another video that I'll share that goes into that in a lot more detail for you. So going on to the second question we have on zone two cardio, should we include zone two training in a lactic and lactic block 
to maintain aerobic development or will this hinder lactic or alactic development? So just to make sure that's understood, the alactic work tends to be more the strength, power and speed, the explosive stuff. And then the lactic work is that more sort of local muscular endurance and even central endurance where we're pushing at a hard rate for longer and there's insufficient rest and recovery for repeated bouts. And you're gonna start finding your, your efforts could diminish as you fatigue. So as long as you don't go for longer than 60 minutes at a time with that zone two cardio, you're not gonna negatively affect anything else you're working on. That's the first thing. But too much lactic training will kill off your aerobic engine. And we need that to be as good as possible. The bigger that, that aerobic capacity, the more aerobic power you've got, the less you're gonna depend on the lactic system. And that's the one, once the fuse is lit on that, you're gonna to have to take your, your intensity down so that you can recover. You're literally on borrowed time when you start using that lactic system. It means the fight's gone bad, really. So training should evolve through aerobic capacity, building up that reservoir with the gentler work, more higher intensity intervals as you come closer and closer to your fight. Um, and that's where we shift into higher intensity aerobic power work to open up those floodgates. And then finally, a bit of lactic power tolerance work. So it's not that you become a lactic animal that gasses out. It's more that you can tolerate the, the waste products and the, the lactic acid in the system so that it doesn't shut you down. But we don't want to depend on that. A fighter should be aerobic power recharge and then a lactic explode with a little bit of lactic if we need to, but it means the fight's gone bad if you're extending your, your efforts for longer than 30 seconds at a time and that lactic system becomes the predominant uh, emphasis of you supplying your energy. So on to question three, what are the ideal ways to shorten the time it takes to recover between hard rounds? Well, first of all, aerobic capacity. Like I say, it's your recharge. So the bigger your aerobic capacity, the, the quicker you're gonna recover between rounds anyway. But then the next thing is that passive recovery is better than active recovery. So rather than being up and walking around, just being static will get your heart rate down a lot quicker. Um, it also reduces the RPE or rate of perceived exertion for hard rounds too. So that's something else to bear in mind, the psychological aspect. So passive recovery is best. Standing with your hands on your knees is much better than standing with your hands behind your head when you're trying to recover, despite what every PE teacher has probably told you. Um, the research has shown that that's true. And actually sitting between rounds is psychologically better than standing between rounds, even if physiologically there's no difference. So the rate of perceived effort for the rounds is less if you've, if you've sat down between rounds. Also, while passively seated between rounds, if your corner team massages your legs, your arms and your shoulders, that helps remove the waste products and, and lactic that's built up in the local muscles too, without you having to exert any effort. Also, your breathing makes a big difference. If rather than shallow chest breathing, you can have deep diaphragmatic breaths or expand the side ribs lower down, that's gonna help you recover a lot quicker because that triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and recovery. That's gonna bring your heart rate down, get you out of your mental fog and, and back into the game a lot better. And no water slurped in until you get your breathing under control. Otherwise, you're just likely to chuck it down your airway and choke yourself. Um, and the other thing is try to breathe out for a little longer than you're breathing in. Again, that just helps reset the parasympathetic nervous system, get you out of sympathetic stress 
and recover down, bring the heart rate down. And the other thing you can do on that side of things, try to nasal breathe as soon as you can as well. I know that's really difficult. You'll be sucking in air in and out of any hole to recover as quickly as possible when you're that fatigued. But the more you can breathe through your nose rather than your mouth, again, it just stimulates more of the parasympathetic nervous system and it brings your heart rate down, blood pressure down, gets you out of that mental fog a lot quicker. So on to question four. How many rounds of sparring is the most beneficial for a casual training, like two times a week training kind of person? So I'll start by saying that it depends on how hard the contact level of the sparring is. So for me, hard sparring is between three to five rounds per session, and that's 90 to 100% power, and that's padded. Technical sparring is three to eight rounds per session. That's sort of 50 to 70% power and with full control. And if you're doing clinch sparring, three to five rounds per session of that. And the number of times per week for me depends on your goals. So enthusiasts training for fun and fitness between zero to one sparring session per week. And if you're not doing any sparring, you should be doing some interactive pad work with the pad holder hitting your back a bit. And if you're an intermediate who is looking to compete one day, one to two sparring sessions per week is about right there. And for competitors who are fighting, two to three sparring sessions per week is about right. And for me, hard sparring should only be carried out every two weeks or so. And if you're picking up injuries from sparring or feeling concussion symptoms, you're hard sparring too often. And on to question five. What are the common missing links or deficits you see in high-level Muay Thai athletes? So for me, it's the neuromuscular qualities, the strength, power, and speed development. That's the highest force producing exercises in Newtons. It's the highest power producing exercises in Watts. And it's the highest speed producing movements in meters per second. And the problem is that most fighters just aren't training at the high enough intensity in those different units. And they're not resting enough between repeated training intervals of that, those particular qualities to express the maximum numbers in those, the newtons, the watts, or the meters per second. And that's because fighters tend to go for too long with not enough rest and with not enough intensity. So if you, if you go too quickly between one exercise and the next, you're not going to express the maximum force, power, or velocity. You just won't be able to. It needs more recovery to do that. I find most fighters turn everything into a bit of a conditioning exercise where they're looking to feel fatigue, whereas this is less about feeling fatigued and it's more like the spark just goes from what you're doing. You need to be working at enough intensity, you need to have enough rest, and you need to limit the number of rep repetitions that you do to keep those sparks alive. Or it's becoming an endurance exercise and you might as well be just doing more Muay Thai training because that's going to give you the skill development too. And I'll link to some other episodes that go into more detail on some of that for you too. And that's it for this Ask Me Anything episode. And I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe and share with someone else it could help too. Please give the podcast a review or comment below. We'd love to hear from you. As always, you can visit heatrick.com for more Muay Thai performance podcasts, videos, articles, and guides. Catch you next time.